It's time. It's time. I know. Where the fuck have we been? <laughs> well, work put me on a freaking kind of like pause. It's kind of interrupted my schedule trying to keep up with that and doing this at the same time. But, you know, we're going to try to hop back into our normal schedule next week. I know. What the fuck? It's been like two weeks, it feels like. I think it actually has been. No, we, we did an episode two weeks. Or we did two... I don't know if we did... I don't even remember, honestly. <laughs> I think it's been freaking, like, two weeks. I feel like it's been two weeks since we last no, did an episode. No, because two weeks ago was the first time we tried the two-episode thing. Right, so it's been a full week yeah. then. Okay, anyway, yes, it's been a full week, but trying to balance this new run for me on work and then trying to do this at the same time kind of caught up with me, but, you know, let's get back to doing what we were normally doing. So, we figured, why miss out on another week? Like, why miss out on a week when we could have just still done it? So we said, fuck it, we'll do it on the weekend. Make it easier. So, because apparently a lot of shit's been going down right now. Yeah. So, it's fucking crazy. You'll probably hear the fan in the background, but we have that on because, holy fuck, 90 degree weather already, and fucking spring, we ain't even in summer yet. What the hell is this bullshit? So, we'll kick it off with... NXT from the 17th of May. So, just by this show, what did you think of the show? Um, the show, it wasn't awful. The, the worst. But it wasn't, like, stu- like... Stupendous. Yeah, stupendous. <laughs> it wasn't you were about like, to use stupendous, weren't you? It wasn't, like, extraordinary. Thanks a lot, WrestleMania. You got us using stupendous over and over again, yeah. still. So, the show kicked off... It showed highlights from last week where with Natalia and Cora Jade as the main event, which was honestly way better than what the hell I thought it was. It was an entire, it felt like an entire, it was pretty much an entire night of women. It was ladies night pretty much last week. So this show kicks off with Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes teaming up to face Cameron Grimes and Solo Sokoa. Now. I actually enjoyed this match. I can say that. Trick Williams actually felt like he belonged in there. Like Yeah, he was actually like doing something. I don't know what it was. Trick felt on point that night, like on Tuesday. Like it surprised the hell out of me. I wasn't expecting him to be on point because half the time we see him, he's just like he's jobbing out to people over and over. He's just kind of been eh the entire time. Yeah. But it's like here, it was like him being with Carmelo felt like he just turned it up a notch. And I don't know what the hell it was, but I kind of, but I really enjoyed this. It was weird with the whole Solo and Cameron thing teaming up because Solo keeps saying he wants next after the North American title match in your house with Carmelo and Cameron Grimes. 
I the thing that's bizarre about this whole situation with the North American title is is this it? Are these three the only people in this contender like if in contention for this title? Where is the rest of the challengers? Yeah, really. It like, feels like these are the only three, and then anyone else that you could feasibly say, like, oh, yeah, they would probably go for it. Yeah, they would, but they're not They're not put into the, situ- into the situation. It's very bizarre. Like, it's just these three. Yeah. And it's like, can we see some more people in here? So we know, like, well, after this, once if Solo takes the title off of Cameron, because I have a major feeling that Carmelo's not getting that title back yeah. at, in your house... Solo's more than likely taking it next time when he faces Cameron Grimes, but after that, what are we doing here then? After Solo wins the title, like the thing that surprised me the most about this match was that Carmelo was the one to take the pin. Yeah, that was a very surprising thing. I honestly thought it was just gonna be trick, but like they pinned Carmelo. Yeah, I was like I when I saw it, I was like because I had to, I had to watch it back because I didn't watch mm-hmm. it this the day of. Yeah. So I watched it back and I saw that Carmelo got the pin. I was like, "Why would you pin Carmelo when he's just about to?" Have I know, the right? Match? That's fucking bizarre. Like, does that mean he's gonna win the title back again? I don't think so. I kind of hope not. Like, I think, I think, I think uh, Carmelo is next in line. For the world title, yes, for the well, NXT not like, title, not who he's who Braun's gonna face next. I'm saying like he's the next one to hold it. Oh well, that doesn't that would not surprise me. It would not, like, but again, this match, great, yeah, really great, with Solo getting the win for the team for him and Cameron by pinning Carmelo, which again was the surprising part of it, but in the end, a, a great opening tag match, like, I, I don't know if that's the sign that Carmelo's gonna get it back, maybe he might, I don't know, I don't know what the odds would be of it, like, they seem kinda up there a little bit, but I don't think they're fully, like, locking it in that Carmelo's taking the title back. Yeah. So, again, after the match, Solo was standing there, getting ready to, as the referee was handing Cameron the title, he took the title held it and just kind of looked at Cameron, gave it over to him and was like, remember, I got next. And I was just like, it, Solo Sokoa is legitimately just, everybody loves him. Like, he's immediately. So it's because he's, it's because he's part of the bloodline pretty much mainly. But other than that, the guy's great and he's already going to be a champion this early and it's going to be great easily. Yeah. So after that, Mackenzie Mitchell was backstage with Pretty Deadly, asking about their in-your-house title defense against the Creeds, which was made official. We then, they they joked about being scared and worried, but then they bust out laughing. They weren't worried about the Creeds or any kind of training partner the Diamond Mine brings in, which they're talking about Damon Kemp, who was the newest person added to Diamond Mine. They talked about how Pretty Deadly's one of a kind. They'll wait and see how the Creeds are after the Viking Raiders destroy them tonight, which, again, we got the rematch tonight, or Tuesday, of the Viking Raiders and Creeds, which we'll get to when we get there. After this was the another first-round match of the Women's Breakout Tournament, Lash Legend versus Tatum Paxley. 
What do you have to say about this match? It was a Lash <laughs> Legend match. Yep. Legitimately. A Lash Legend match. That's legitimately all I can say about it either. It's just that anybody she goes against just automatically exceeds her in every yeah. sort of way. Like, we've seen Tatum Paxley, and she's kind of like... She's likable. She's not like... I don't I don't know like what she is. Like, is she babyface? Is she heel kind of thing? But she's likable. She's yeah. not bad. She's pretty solid for what she is. But, like, Lash Legend... I... She gives me this, like... Remember Vanessa Craven, I believe her name was, from the Mae Young tournament? How I... Mm -hmm. When I talked about her when we watched that, and she moves like a robot... She just, like, doesn't move her limbs and shit like that. Yeah. Like, that's all I see when I watch Lash Legend. She's she, very, she's very ogre-like. Yes. She, like, her, she's, like, she can't move her limbs. She just kind of, like, her arm sticks out, and then she goes for a clothesline, and then she'll, like, put it down. Like, she doesn't move it. She just kind of, like, walks forward and just goes, ugh, clothesline. And I'm like, oh, man, she's so, like, robotic. Yeah. And I don't want to categorize her with Charlotte Flair because, you know, that's a fucking android and the fucking every sign of it, you know. <laughs> but, you know, she she's very robotic. Yeah. She's like, she needs to loosen up a little bit instead of just being like, they tighten my screws too tight. I can't move my arms. Like, I can't put, put my, my arms, arms down. <laughs> fucking Christmas story shit. <laughs> so, again, Lash Legend gets the win it was so weird because during this match, she was working Tatum Paxley's leg, but one with a pump kick. And I went, so what was the point of her working the leg if she wins with a pump kick? Like, something here. It's that freaking thing of, like, dissecting a body part, but then you win with something else. Like, so what was the point of dissecting the body part? Yeah. It was so strange. Like, so, Lash Legend wins, and I was just like, oh, man, really? Really? The only, the only problem with this tournament, which we'll talk about later on when we get to the other, uh, is that it? The beginning match with mm -hmm. Roxanne Perez and uh, Kiana James. Is it, is it exactly it's, what I think it is? It's so predictable. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very... It's so predictable. It's so predictable because they put Nikita on one side, Roxanne on the other. They're just going <laughs> to plow their way through the fucking tournament. Plow they, their way through? <laughs> yeah, they're just going to fucking plow their way through the fucking tournament until they go one-on-one. -on -one. That's what I'm and saying. Then, like... you, could either, you could even say either way. Roxanne winning or Nikita winning, it would make sense, but probably Nikita's I forgot win. who Nikita's facing right now. Fallon Henley. Oh, uh, yeah, there's no way in hell she's beating Nikita. This is what's the disappointing part, because it's either we're getting another Nikita Lash Legend match in the finals, or we're getting Roxanne Nikita, which is easily predictable by anybody. Yeah. So it's like... And the thing is, with that match, if that actually happens, who wins? Like, how do you pick a winner here? I think they, they seem they seem in on Nikita, but it's like they also seem in on Roxanne as well. Yeah, so it's weird. I think Nikita gets it. Yeah, it could be. So after that, we went backstage. Tony D'Angelo with Troy Two Dimes Donovan and Channing Stax Lorenzo. 
love the weird ass names they gave them, and I love how they don't get. They didn't when they put the names of them on there. They didn't put like their full names. They yeah, just, just put stacks stack and two dimes. Yeah. And I was like, can we just stick with that? Because I'm fine with that. They talked family business. Tony talked about how things with Legato del Fantasma didn't have to get this far, but we'll finish it tonight. Stacks and two dimes ask about their involvement, but Tony says he'll take care of Santos alone tonight. We got Stacks and two dimes seem like they're not so sure about this, but Tony says he's the Don of NXT, so trust him, which we got the main event of Tony D'Angelo and Santos Escobar. We'll get to that in a few. We got a look at WWE's continued partnership with the Special Olympics. We then went back from a commercial. We got a promo for Clash of the Castle in Cardiff on September 3rd. They announced that the NXT 2.0 brand will go back to touring, which is something that I honestly think they really need to do. Like, they need to get the hell out of that freaking arena and start getting in front of different people. Yeah. It would be a way better freaking look for them. Like, it's going to be, like, them being out of there and seeing other people is going to help NXT because it's going to tr- possibly draw more people into watching it. So, we'll see how that goes when that happens. We get Mackenzie Mitchell with Duke Hudson next. She says, NXT fans want to know what's next for him. Duke doesn't care what the fans want or need. That's what got him into the mess he was in before. I was talking about the Indy Persia stuff and Dexter before Dexter got released and so did Persia. He had to take a few weeks off and clear his mind, but now he came back and is realizing how no one can measure up to him. I beg to differ there, Duke. Like... What has Duke Hudson done that's been convincing enough? You know, you feuded with Cameron Grimes because he beat you in poker. What? Is that convincing enough? Like, is that something, like, serious? Like, no, it's not. You just flipped out because, oh no, he beat me in poker. And then he shaved my head. Like, (laughs) wow. Such intriguing shit right now for Duke Hudson, you know. I also feuded with Dante Chen for two and a half seconds, and that just miraculous, that just mysteriously ended. Like, what the fuck? Now Dante Chen's on level up, facing whoever half the time. All of a sudden, Braun Breaker comes barreling in, which interrupted Duke's whole thing. He starts telling someone to start his music. Hudson seemed really pissed, and then just stormed off. So we went out to the ring. Out came Braun Breaker. Breaker took the mic and says, We last saw him when Joe Gacy was dumping him in a field, and now Gacy wants him to join him and the two men he's working with, doing whatever he wants. Breaker tells Gacy to kiss his ass and says he should have finished the job out in that field because now Breaker isn't coming to beat Gacy. He's coming to like put him unconscious, like pretty much end him. Suddenly we get Joe Gacy's music interrupting, and he's up on the balcony. That same balcony that he quote-unquote pushed him off into the the leap of faith or whatever the hell he called it. I was just like, you know, the leap of faith that nobody freaking liked at all because wasn't convincing enough, and all it turned into was 
Braun Breaker getting smothered by druids. The hell. Or somewhere at, on social media, I saw it called the Stumble of Tumble. <laughs> That's a great name for it. That's a great name for it. So, Gacy, suddenly, he looks over, he, gets, he says, he's ready for... Braun was telling him he's ready for him. Well, he says, whatever Gacy had planned tonight, he was ready. Breaker called Gacy to the ring, but Gacy goes on and how predictable Braun is and how he has a problem with his temper. Gacy says their journey together is not over as Braun rejected the opportunity of a lifetime to join him, but Gacy isn't the kind of guy to hold a grudge. Gacy says he'll give Braun and what all the people want, Gacy versus Braun one-on-one. Crowd was was chanting, shut the fuck up to him. The entire time. Braun says, that sounds good one-on-one. It's on. Gacy says, we need to up the stakes. As he roughed up Braun's father, insulted his family, left him out in the wilderness, and then so on. Gacy says, by all means, Braun should stick his ass all over the... Yes, he'd kick his ass all over the arena and inflict pain like he's never felt before. Gacy says Braun can go crazy, he can lose control, but if he loses control, he loses the most prized possession, because at NXT In Your House, if Braun gets disqualified, he'll lose the NXT title. Gacy says the question is, how bad does Braun want it? That's up to him. Braun tells Gacy it's on, Braun was yelling as his music kicked in, he stood up on the top rope just eyeing down Joe Gacy, and that was the end of that whole segment. And I was just like, so before we get to the ending, which I feel like I'm just going to jump to now, because we got the whole little promo at the end of the show from Joe Gacy, where all he did was pretty much, we saw him and the two druids that he has now standing on top of a building where Gacy pretty much talked about, again, that Braun made the mistake of not accepting his offer, but accepted the match, and... He's going to be the one to, as he says, quote-unquote, take everything from Braun and then take over NXT and then take over the world. And I was like, so what is he, a fucking supervillain now? (laughs) He went from psycho, freaking, like, hippie to, like... Dr. Robotnik. Yeah, like, what the (laughs) fuck? What the hell? So you're saying Braun is Sonic. Yeah. Oh my god. What the fuck? No. No. Braun Breaker's not going to be the one to go out there and go, gotta go faster. Like, no. What? Oh my god. God, you can't, you can't tell me you can't imagine fucking Joe Gacy as Dr. Robotnik. If he had the mustache, maybe, like, it'd be more convincing. He should grow a mustache. Oh my god. Let's not give him ideas. So... By the end of that whole thing, what was your take on it? I, I, I agree with the fans. I, My, I don't care. I, I think I agree with it, too, because... First off, I don't get why Joe Gacy's getting a rematch at all. He lost clean. Didn't do anything to really gain a championship rematch. The only reason why he's getting this rematch, because... He debuted two red-faced druids. <laughs> what? 
Like, why? That doesn't equal championship rematch. I debuted two guys. Does that give me a title rematch? Sure, you got it. What? Yeah, it's not like Rick Steiner came out and, like, fucking punched him, which led into the spear. No, he just just got speared and right? fucking lost. It was a clean win. Like, why is Gacy getting the rematch? It doesn't make sense. None of it. And it's, I'm just, just kind of like... It still doesn't make sense why Gacy's in this position to begin with. Exactly. Just because, the only reason why now is because he kidnapped Braun, left him in a field, kidnapped Rick Steiner, you know, before Harlan got released, you know, like, what the f- And then there's all these, like, it just seems like they don't even know what the fuck they want to do with him. Like, like you said, he started as a, a creepy hippie, then he went to a guy who could control druids, and now he's a Turning into fucking like a super hippie. Super villain, like, like Joe Casey. Just I don't know. There's just something about it I'm not clicking with. I, I don't get it. It's I still don't think Joe Gacy did anything to put him in this position. Yeah, no, he didn't. no. Like he was feuding with Draco Anthony, and they were just like, "Well, this ain't working. Put Zion Quinn with that, but then just end that and release Draco." But just put Joe Gacy in the world title scene because, sure, why not? Like, <laughs> I don't get that. That just doesn't make sense to me. None of it. I'm trying to figure out, like, how I feel about it, but it's just like, I'm not really that into it anymore. Like, because yeah. it doesn't really signify much. It doesn't give, like, any reason as to why this is happening. Joe Gacy just kidnapped him because him and Rick because he wants the title, but it's like, can you put yourself in that position first to be in this like in this slot and not just going, oh well, they pulled me out of a feud and threw me in this. Still just doesn't feel like he belongs here yet. Yeah, not at all. No. So again, we're hitting the match at In Your House where where if Braun loses, if Braun gets DQ'd, he's losing the title, which more than which likely... Which even that, even that in general, like, it's not like Braun Breaker won by DQ. Exactly. That or like, it's part. not like Joe Gacy won by DQ, I should say. Right? He literally got pinned clean. Mm-hmm. I know it's like, oh... He's got to contain his emotions and stuff like that. That's why the stipulation is here. Mm-hmm. But usually this stipulation entails that the previous match ended in the champion retaining because of DQ. Yeah. That's the fucking weird part about it. Like, they only added the stipulation because Braun's in his emotions right now because of the whole, he kidnapped me, he kidnapped my dad, he tortured my dad, he did all this other stuff. Like, yeah, he fucking smothered me with Charmin toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> he put a potato sack on my head. He like, has that weird bald guy that I don't see anymore. <laughs> so, it's just, a, it's just a position that Joe Gacy doesn't feel like he belongs in. If he'd have done more leading up to this still, it would have made more sense. Yeah. In a nutshell. So after this, we got a pre-recorded video from Indy Hartwell. She went from the top to the bottom in a blink of an eye. She's tired of feeling sorry for herself, 
announced for the first time she's on her own and it's sink or swim. Indy says she'll not let herself down. Indy's calling her shot now. She called out Mandy Rose. She says, because pretty much after Mandy did the whole thing about, like, no guy would ever leave her thing, I'm like, okay, so this is the thing. So, she said Rose kicked her while she was down, so how about doing the same when they're facing off? She goes on and says, Rose thinks she's the measuring stick of NXT, so Indy wants to see how she does when that stick shoved up her ass. So, good on Indy for, you know, going at it alone. I'm interested to see how well she can do on her own. It's just, you know my thing. I'm not into Mandy Rose. Yeah. So I'm not very, because again, the match was made official for next week. I'm just not into Mandy. She doesn't do it for me. She just doesn't do it. I, none of, another toxic attraction does it for me. And that's just it. There, I, especially because I'm going to jump ahead here a little bit. Like, we had the toxic attraction stuff where Gigi and JC were watching a video that was with Katana and Caden talking about them, about how they're going to take the titles and everything like that that they only want the titles for the clout, they want the titles because of what they mean to them. And it's like, that's when Mandy walked in and she's like, Gigi and JC kind of just were talking to Mandy and they go like, why are all the, why are our names in all these women's mouth and all this stuff like that? And then Mandy just kind of does that look like, you know why. And I'm like, yeah, you know why. <sighs> just... They, they pretty much are talking about how they're going to handle Caden and Katana, and she's going to handle Indy next week. There was no confirmation of, like, Toxic Attraction and Caden and Katana, but still, that's more likely what's next. But the thing is, they said that they've been dominating the division for eight months. It's legitimately been this long already. It def when they said eight months, I was like, it's been eight fucking months? I'm telling you this, I haven't enjoyed a fucking single second of this eight months. <laughs> at all. It's been miserable. Like, what the fuck? They literally strapped the titles on them to put them on TV because, wow, look at them. Why wouldn't you put them on TV? Well, again... It's not the reason why you should be putting them on TV also. There's other reasons why also, but you're not giving me any other reasons. Yeah. Like, you literally took the titles off of Gigi and JC for two days and then put them back on them because how dare we take the titles off of Gigi and JC? Like, this whole women's tag division is in the same exact state as the main roster, which we'll talk about tomorrow when we do our other two episodes. The, the thing about that whole, like, two-day title reign for Raquel and Dakota, I'm not putting the blame on anyone, but I think it had a lot to do with the fact that I feel like that was around the time that Dakota let them know she wasn't re-signing. I think that was around the time, and they're like, well, if you're not going to re-sign and we have plans to bring Raquel up, then I guess we don't have a reason in having you have these titles. Yo, my main reason is why'd you even bother then? What was the point? I, I, I can't. I can't even 
even make a... There like, isn't... There's no excuse. What was the point of it? None of it. Yeah. None of it made any sense. If you, if you found out right then, even beforehand, if you kind of had, like, a hint that Dakota wanted out, and you were calling Raquel up, there was no point in giving them the titles whatsoever. There should have been no fucking option of saying, hey, give them the titles so we could find out, like, two days later that Dakota wants out. Like, no point. Yeah. Just be ahead of the game and fucking kept the titles on them because that whole entire thing just looked stupid. No matter how you looked at it, it looked stupid. Mm-hmm. That you gave them the titles and then just said, uh, Dakota wants out. Okay, we'll call Raquel up, but get the titles off him quick. It's like, they're suffering just as much as the main roster's women's tag division, which again, like I said, we will talk about tomorrow, because that's going to be a whole different fucking tirade. I can feel it already. It's going to be a lot. Like, I'm going to try to keep it as generally nice as possible, but it's not probably going to come out that way a lot. So, again, we're getting Indy and Mandy next week. So, up next, we got the Viking Raiders and the Creeds in the rematch, which we got the rematch because of the whole Roderick Strong interference the last time. The Creeds weren't happy with that. The Viking Raiders pretty much got screwed for no reason. The Creeds ended up freaking saying, no, we're not doing it this way. The Viking Raiders pretty much said, hey, good on you guys for, you know, saying, hey, this isn't how it's supposed to go down. We'll take the rematch and we'll just go at it again. So we get the rematch. And again, I think the rematch was dope. It was a good, it was good for sure. But I don't, would you, I don't think it, uh, I don't think it is on the same caliber as it was last week. Oh, I you, think it, oh, you think the first one was better? Yeah, the first match was better, and I think the reason why it wasn't like as good for me personally is the fact of seeing it back-to-back weeks. That could be. I thought this was I thought this was great, though. I really did. I thought this was great. And the, the other thing, I don't, I don't like the ending. Yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, like, let's just get to that. So... The Creeds, at one point, both the Creeds and the Viking Raiders are down. Damon Kemp gets on the ring apron to intervene so Roddy can try it again. Julius pretty much denies Roddy by catching him and dumping him out of the ring and goes, that's not how we're doing this, Roddy. We're not doing it this way. To turn around, catch a kick from Ivar, eat the double powerbomb, and that was the end of the match. So, what's the take on this ending? I don't like it. And I, I get what they're doing. I get it. I get it. They're trying to make Roddy seem like this fucking dictator. And he's trying to do what he thinks is right. while well, it's not the right thing. But you got to understand. Everyone loves the creeds. Yes. And not only does everyone love but everyone the Creeds, loves the Viking Raiders, too. Yeah. But not only do they... Everyone loves both of these teams. One of these teams... Is about to have a tag title match. to be in a tag team title match. Yep. And you make them look like fucking schlubs. Yep. 
That's against a, a main roster team. Yep. I think... Speaking of the main roster team, what happened to their finishers? What <laughs> happened to Thor's hammer or whatever the Viking experience? No, fuck that Viking experience And what happened bullshit. to that fucking thing that they do off the, the turnbuckle with the leg drop? The, what happened to that fucking finisher? The fallout, as it's called? What happened to these finishers? <laughs> they, they started with the fallout, then they went to the Viking experience. The Thor's hammer. And now they're doing this, like, super basic double choke bomb thing. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, I don't know if it has to do with just, like, the pure size of Julius or Brutus that they can't fucking chuck him in the air and do the uh, Thor's hammer. <laughs> or if it's just the fact that they, like, changed their finisher again. Whatever it is, this is probably... It's so boring. I know. It's, their it's their new finisher is so boring. It's basic as shit. I know. It's really fucking just... Uh. It reminds me of the fucking La Resistance fucking double team finisher. The fucking Bonsoir. Where they would literally <laughs> just fucking pick them up and slam them. Mm. It's, it's just... I don't know. I think the whole... So far... They weren't happy with the ending the first time because Roddy intervened, which good on them. But then he tries to intervene again, they actually deny it, and then they take the loss. It's just like, they shouldn't be losing at this point. But they also don't need Roddy to fucking intervene. Like, yeah. Roddy's, like, trying this whole thing where he's like, you need to be aligned with me. I told you, this is what I'm doing. I am locking in this right now on Diamond Mine. Like, it's just... If they, this is what should have happened. When Roddy said that he was like the new leader, mm -hmm. and they, when he said he was the new leader, he, the Creed should have said, "Well, uh, I don't, I don't think we really need this. I, yeah. don't th I don't think we need the diamond mine anymore. Yeah, just, just fucking leave. Mm -hmm. Just leave. Just be the Creed brothers." Clearly, Ivy Nile is not part of it anymore. What the hell even happened to Ivy? She just vanished. Apparently, she has this fucking Ivy Nile challenge now, where she's like, "You gotta keep going. If you stop, then you're you're not welcome here." And it, it just keeps playing fucking workout things. It's just it's weird. Like at this point, like we have they're in a, like what about how many weeks away from a tag title match? I don't even know when any of like, is. I think it's two or three weeks away. It's something like that. But they're like two weeks away from a title match that, honestly, I have the weirdest feeling that they're not winning again. And I think it's going to be because of Roddy. Roddy's more than likely going to cost them this match. So we end up getting the Creed's getting away from them to feud with Roddy and Damon Kemp to end that shit quick, and then finally fucking months later give them the tag titles. How long can you hold off giving them the tag titles? It should have happened six months ago. The, the, they've literally struck the match, and the flame is there, but they keep fucking putting it out every time. Like It should have happened in the triple threat with MSK and fucking... Yes. Uh... 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 <laughs> Imperium. There we fucking go. That's their name. It's hard to remember uh, Imperium because fucking Fabian Eichner just... Another one. We should put him on the milk carton. 
that motherfucker just vanished. He walked there. away and just was like, bye. We, we could put Fabian Eichner on there with Miro. Yeah. Now Miro's not alone. He's but got yeah. a friend. It should have happened in the triple threat with Imperium and MSK. Right. It should have happened in the gauntlet. It probably... It should happen now, but it probably won't. It's just... They gotta, like, strike while the... Ma- they gotta, like, strike while the match is hot. Like, while the flame's there. Take advantage of this shit. But you keep fucking stopping it. And it's like, how long is everyone gonna be, like, rooting for the creeds? Yeah. When every time fucking... Just everything keeps screwing them up. You know, Roddy intervenes and costs them, you know, kind of shit. Which I have a feeling, like I said, is gonna happen in this match. You know, they got... MSK winning the titles, which doesn't make any fucking sense, you know, they're, it, it's just, it's a weird, it's a weird situation, and I want them to take advantage of this whole thing with the Creeds before they miss it out, before they miss out on it, and everyone's just like, wow, they won the titles finally, yay, yeah. you just kind of, just dull it out, and that's just gonna suck. Yeah, they're, they're gonna wait until they build up some other tag team that everyone's gonna enjoy. Right? Like, what the fuck? Don't wait. You have a team that everybody loves in the Creeds. Take advantage of this. You haven't really done shit since you debuted Pretty Deadly that was supposed to be their fucking feud. Yeah. They haven't done shit with it. And we all know, the more you think about it, and I don't want to be that guy, we all know why Pretty Deadly's up here. Why? Because fucking WWE looks at their fucking demographics... And they realize that NXT's demographics are like 47 to 60 or some shit like that. Hmm. And they're like, okay, well, we have all these hot women. And then they're like, okay, so now our male audience is at 18 to <laughs> 34 or whatever it is. <laughs> and our females are still 47 to 60. <laughs> so they take the hottest males on NXT UK and they're just like, this will get the women. I mean, I don't they know. Make what the they make them the tag team champions, and then just they just disappear. <laughs> it's just I don't know what the reason is, but like they haven't done shit with this Creed pretty deadly thing. So it was almost like why'd you do it? Yeah, you haven't done shit with it. So, but again, I thought this match was great. I do agree with you that the one beforehand was better. Just by a little bit, but I definitely thought this was great in the end, though, too. It's just, I don't see a lot of good coming for the Creeds after this, because I have a feeling it's going to be another screw job yeah. for the tag titles kind of situation. And it, it, when people say that the Diamond Mine is a curse, they're not they're not kidding. Yeah, right now it's been a fucking curse. Literally, it starts with Roddy, the Creeds, uh, Hideki Suzuki... And, and Ivy Nile. Ivy Nile and Malcolm Bivens. Yep. And, then, and Tyler Rust. Yeah. And don't forget all the fucking names. Tyler Rust, Tyler Rust got released. Malcolm Bivens didn't want to re-sign, so he got released. Hideki Suzuki got released. And now it's just Roddy, uh, the Creeds, Ivy, Ivy, and Damon. And now Damon Kemp. Like The Creeds basically won out at this point. Ivy Nile's doing some sort of, like, tough enough challenge. <laughs> and Damon Kemp is a stooge for Roddy. Yeah. Like, is he ever going to do anything? Probably not. Well... Except when he's got to be forced to team with Roddy to face yeah. the Creeds. That'll be about well, it. 
also next week as well, because they have a tag team match oh, against yeah. Pretty Deadly. Yeah, which we'll get to the which. Yeah, but as I said, I missed this too. We had Wesley backstage with Mackenzie Mitchell. She says, unfortunately, tonight's match with Zion Quinn has been nixed because, quote-unquote, Zion Quinn wasn't medically cleared. What the fuck is going on with Zion Quinn right now? Lee says this is because Quinn's not medically cleared again, so this is another match he's ducking. Wesley says, one week Quinn's shoulder hurts, the other week he doesn't have the right hair gel. Lee goes on and says, when Quinn is ready, he knows where to find him. Lee goes to walk out, but Nathan Fraser approaches. He heard about what happened to Quinn, and he knows Lee wants to be in the ring tonight, and so does he. Lee appreciates it, but says it might not be the right time, because he's got a lot of pent-up aggression due to Zion Quinn. Fraser says, in that case, he looks forward to the challenge. And that's when Fraser walked off, which we then found out later on, we were getting a Nathan Fraser and Zion Quinn match. Or, no, Nathan Fraser and Wes Lee matchup, which, holy fuck, sign me up for that any day. Because the two of them are outstanding. So I got pretty pumped to see this match. Lo and behold, can't wait to talk about this one. So... Legado del Fantasma was backstage. Santos Escobar addressed Tony D'Angelo and says, he's always wanted to be like Santos, that Tony always wanted to be like Santos ever since their paths crossed, but there'll be only one Escobar. Yeah, there will only be one Escobar. Santos taunts Tony D and says, he's inside his head. Santos trusts things will be one-on-one tonight. This doesn't sit well with Cruz, who wants payback for being thrown in the trunk. Joaquin Wilde also wants to fight and says this is beyond personal. Plus, Tony will have his help out there. I guess Santos must have missed the whole thing of Tony's going out there by himself. Which, don't get how you missed that. You guys are on the same show. like (laughs) Unless those whole entire things were pre-recorded, which doesn't make any sense. Nobody could tell Santos, hey, Tony says he's keeping his guys backstage. Okay. Santos asks Electra Lopez about what they always say. She says to never let emotions get in the way of business. Santos says all three know how they can help and they know exactly what they need to do. They nod in agreement and Santos says let's go to work. Grayson Waller was backstage warming up with when all of a sudden Tiffany Stratton walks in. Waller says, it's a travesty Tiffany's not in the breakout tournament. Of course she agrees. She asks Waller to take care of this Andre Chase situation situation because it's so annoying. Waller says, he's headed out to take care of Chase right now, telling her to make sure she's watching. And then, of course, we went to the commercial. Why is Grayson Waller fucking around with Tiffany Stratton? I don't really know. All because of the whole Saray stuff, who's apparently now all of a sudden aligned with Andre Chase, which is fucking weird. But of course, they probably just linked her up because she dresses like a schoolgirl. They're a, like a school. Put them <laughs> together. Like, get it? Ha 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 funny. Just fucking stupid. Like, 
I love, I like Saray, I like Andre Chase, I like Grayson Waller. You can see who's left out of this whole entire situation that I'm not feeling her. Still ain't at all whatsoever. So, we come back from the break. Cameraman stops Braun Breaker outside. Braun's asked if he's playing into Joe Gacy's hands by accepting the In Your House match. Braun says Gacy talks about acceptance and inclusion, but his actions say different. As long as Braun is champion, Gacy won't do anything. Suddenly, Duke Hudson interrupts and asks him how he, how is he like it being interrupted. Because how he interrupted Duke earlier. So, Duke says if Braun disrespects him again, he won't make it to In Your House. They have a few more words. Braun suggests they settle this in the ring. Duke says that sounds good, but it sounds better for next week. And then Duke walked off. We then later found out that that match is happening next week, of course, as well. We then move on to Grayson Waller and Andre Chase. Again, Saray was in the crowd, waving the Chase U flag, which <laughs> I, I fucking love Andre Chase. I don't know what it is about this Chase U stuff, but I enjoy the shit out of it. It's just so goofy. It's it, funny, it, it's though. Not, you're not even supposed to take it seriously. And that's that's what like compels it to me. You're <laughs> if you're not supposed you're clearly not supposed to take this seriously and it's also funny at the same time. It is pretty fucking funny. I'm not going to lie. It is pretty funny. Yeah. But just Andre Chase isn't that bad in the ring either. He's really not. But other than that like the Chase U stuff absolutely enjoyable. Bodie Hayward is really fucking hysterical too with this whole thing. It's, again, I'm just glad Saray's there because we had, where was a time where we weren't seeing her for a while? You yeah. know, she's involved in something right now, even though it's still continuing this nonsense with Tiffany Stratton. But, of course, Grayson Waller's involved. I love Grayson Waller. The guy's fantastic. Everybody hates him. I fucking love that everybody hates him because maybe one of the only people that actually do like him, but I, it's completely fucking all right with me. And we got this match. Again, solid match. Pretty solid. Loved, yeah. the, loved the ending where Chase drops uh, Grayson Waller over the top rope on top of Bodie Hayward. Chase goes over to check on him. We don't know where the fuck Grayson is. Grayson dives to the rope, does the rolling stunner, gets the win. Perfect setup for it because Andre wasn't paying attention. We also got the Chase U stomps, which everyone fucking loves to do. Bodie Hayward in there, too. Even freaking Saray was doing the chant with them. Love it. So, really good match. <laughs> right? I mean, you gotta be into the you gotta be into the Chase U stuff. Yeah. I know a couple people who aren't. But, we are a couple of them that are into it. So, solid match. Mm -hmm. Just keeps this going. Don't know where we're going with this next. We'll find out when we get there. Like I said, we got the, the, the Gigi and JC stuff, which we, which we already talked about. We then go to the final first round match. Roxanne Perez versus Kiana James. I will say this, I was pretty impressed with Kiana. Me too. I have to say I was pretty impressed with her. She's the only one out of, like, uh, Ariana, or, uh, yeah, Ariana, Ariana Grace, Grace and yep. Sloan Jacobs. And fucking Ursula Jacob and fucking uh, 
Tatum Paxley. Tatum Paxley. Well, Tatum Paxley did a little bit of. Offense. Like I said, we only saw we only saw three new people that we haven't seen yet, and Kiana was the most impressive out of it. Second was Sloane, and then last was Ariana because yeah, she didn't do anything she didn't do fucking Nikita. anything against Nikita. They should have swapped it around, right? I wanted her to do something because a lot of people talk about her like yeah. a lot, and I'm like. Fuck, I'm uh, so. Is this gonna be the thing that's gonna convince me? And it just like she did, fucking nothing <laughs> against Nikita. It was like a fucking bona fide squash match. What the hell? Like I want to get into her. Damn it, you can't get me into her when she does nothing. Yeah. But I ended up being pretty impressed with Kiana. I love Roxanne Perez. She's just she's fucking great. Yeah. She's great. Like, I, I'm telling you, if she does not win the NXT Women's title once, I will be shocked. I will be shocked. Uh, Roxy gets the win with the code red out of the corner. Really good match between these two. Roxy moves on to face Lash Legend, which again we've just talked about earlier on, that this whole tournament just feels uber predictable. Yeah. They stuck Nikita on one side, you put Roxanne on the other side, you're pretty much saying, this is your final. Then we just gotta fucking lock in who the hell we're picking the winner here. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't even know who, at this point. I really don't. So, we get Malik Blade and Idris Anofi backstage. They were dressed up and impersonating Santos Escobar and Tony D'Angelo. Two Dimes and Stax walk up, and they have words for Malik and Idris. Tony D's henchmen tell Blade and Enofi to try the real thing out when they're done playing make-believe, and then the match was made for next week. So, <coughs> like, interested to see what these two can do. I know they had a match on Level Up together, but since I haven't watched Level Up once yet... Didn't get to see what they were like. Yeah, so I'm either. interested to see what these two are going to do. I honestly like Idris and Malik. I do. Even though they're the goofy tag team. Yeah. Even though they're goofballs. Like, I mean, we wanted, them, we wanted them to win the, the Dusty Cup. Just because... Yeah, just for the shock Just factor. for the shock factor. You know, the underdog tag team that you least expect, and then they win the fucking whole thing. That would have been awesome. But they're both pretty good. So, interested to see what Stacks and Two Dimes are going to do next week. So, we got Nathan Fraser walking backstage, and suddenly he takes a quick look over and sees Sophia Cromwell, which then he kept going to the ring, we went to the commercial. We came back, Mackenzie was with Roxanne, Cora Jade showed up to congratulate her, Mackenzie asked about last week's match with Natalia. But Jade says, tonight's all about Roxanne. But she seems to interrupt again. Perez says, they've been friends for a while. And Jade suggested she come to NXT. Electra Lopez walked up and said, no, tonight's all about Legato Del Fantasma. And next week, it'll be about her when she takes care of Alba Fire. Don't know why she had to stick her nose into this. Like, it had nothing to do with her. Yeah, really. This was random as hell why the hell she just walked up and she's like they're celebrating 
let me just plug my match next week. Like, <laughs> they put it on the corner of the fucking screen. We knew it was happening. You didn't need to get involved and just go, hey, I got a match with Alba next week. Okay. They ask what her problem is, and she, and she says, it's definitely not either of them. Lopez insulted Perez, calling her an overachiever who'll lose to Lash Legend, and says Jade is happy with her loss to Natalia. So, again, I think Cora losing last week was the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. Would have made more sense for Cora to get the win. I also didn't understand the hug at the end because Natty comes down to NXT to say, I'm going to teach these women a lesson, but going to pretty much hug her when I'm done. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. Confusing as shit. Yeah, it was. I don't. I don't really understand the whole. I, I, yeah, I don't. I don't get the whole point of bringing Natalia down here if she was just gonna win and then leave, right? I didn't get it. None of it. Like, what did that do? What did any of that do for Cora? Like, sure, she didn't. Sure, Cora didn't tap. She passed out. Yeah. So it's like. It shows that Cora has, like, the will and the, the... That's all it shows, though. All it shows is that how tough she is and that she didn't give up. But it's like, wouldn't a win over Natalia make more sense than yeah. having Natalia beat her, like, that does fucking nothing? Like, honestly does nothing for Natalia. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, I beat Cora Jade. Okay, you want a fucking cookie now or do you want it later? Like... It doesn't make any fucking sense as to why she would just go, Hey, I beat Cora Jade. Alright, why did you beat Cora Jade? Didn't make any sense that she beat Cora Jade. Cora should have beat her. So we move on to Wesley versus Nathan Frazier. I can say this. What we got out of this match, before it got interrupted, was great. Yeah. Wanted more. what, What we got was dope. Yes, from what we got out of it beforehand was great. It was fucking awesome. Until it gets intervened and fucking cut off and put to an end by the appearance of fucking prehistoric Paul, caveman Carl, ancient Andy, fossil Fred, whatever the fuck you want to call him, trash bag Tom, fucking Von Wagner intervenes and fucking takes out Fraser and Lee fucking Von Wagner quite possibly might be one of the most boring fucking people on this show. If not the only boring guy on the show. He's literally Jack Swagger. He is literally fucking like a bottle of NyQuil. Except it doesn't help you sleep when you're sick. You take it and you're like, this'll help me sleep. Then you're waking up every hour. It's like, that's how effective fucking Von Wagner is right now on your television. The guy fucking sucks. (laughs) Oh my god. He legitimately ruins everything. Because how dare you look at Sophia Cromwell. First off, why does she even fucking do it? Why is she even here? 
what has she done? What is she doing? She my literally does is, nothing. My question is, like, clearly she's the authority figure out of the the whole... Clearly, why is she not out there she's with She's the authority the figure over fucking Von Wagner. So why the fuck is Robert Stone there? <laughs> because her and Robert Stone are the freaking... Are the people that fuck make all Robert the... Stone. <laughs> I don't give a flying fuck. The thing I don't get is... Get Robert Stone off of my television <laughs> and put fucking Sophia Cromwell at ringside with... Von Wagner, because at least I'll have something to look at when <laughs> when Von Ma Von Wagner has a fucking match. I want her to do something, but I don't think she's ever gonna do a fucking thing. They literally just brought her in here to walk around and go, just distract people. What? <laughs> fucking what? Like, I don't even think that would make me give a fuck about watching a Von Wagner match. And the problem is also is that if you watch back at Nathan Frazier, like, giving her, like, a little nod, it's not like Sophia Cromwell, like, emoted any sort of, like, disgust or anything. Right. Nathan literally nods at her, and she looks over, and then looks back. Not a fucking Just thing. No emotion. No, no look of disgust. No look of, like... Ew, no look of, how dare you, nothing. Just looks over, looks back down at her phone. The thing I don't like, get... If you're going to even, like, exude any sort of thing that Sophia Cromwell uses Von Wagner to destroy people that looks at her or does anything that she deems wronging towards her, at least have her fucking emote. You can't have Nathan Fraser walk up, see Sophia, look over... Give her a nod, and Sophia goes, Oh, hey. Like, like, the thing I don't get is she's sicking people on there just for looking at her. Yeah. Like, why? Like, why? We get it. She's a fucking gorgeous woman, but why are we sicking Von Wagner on everybody else? Because all she did was get looked at. It's not like somebody made a move on her. It's not like people walked up to her and, like, were touching all over her and, like, making fucking creepy moves on her. Yeah, they Von didn't. Von Wagner they literally didn't, like, is just jumping people because, how dare you look at pretty lady? My pretty lady. I'm fucking Tarzan now. God damn it. It's not like He's she... legitimately fucking Tarzan. God damn it. Fuck you, Von Wagner. Von Wagner's Tarzan, she's Jane. Oh my fucking god. So what the fuck does that... Oh, that makes the fucking... That makes Robert Stone the old the old man then. No, Robert Stone's the rope that they swing on. <laughs> you mean the vine? <laughs> whatever, rope, vine, leaf, stick, whatever it is. <laughs> oh my god, Von Wagner's Tarzan. I can't believe I never fucking realized this until now. But like you said, it's not its not like people are walking up to her and, like, right. winking at her or, like, smacking her on the ass or fucking... Yeah, because even when this happens, when Von Wagner shows up, she's on the top of the fucking... She's in the crowd. Like, they cut a wide shot and she's in the crowd. Because at the point when this happens, Von Wagner fucking bench presses fucking Wesley over his head and hucks him onto the announce table. Fucking violent-ass moment. And I'm like... First off, why did he throw Wesley? 
Yeah, isn't isn't his problem with Nathan? All of a sudden, Nathan, because how dare you look at pretty lady? My pretty lady, like... And then my question is, he now has a problem with Nathan, but didn't he just have a problem two week or two or one or however many weeks ago when fucking Ikemanjiro came back and started beating him up? Are we just gonna forget that ever happened? What even? Why? Why did he even beat up Ikemen to begin with? Did he look at Sophia Cromwell? Yes. Uh, oh wow, he looked at her. That was when Kushida was still a thing. She this walked is... by and they were like, "Oh, oh, pretty lady." Yeah. And then he was like, oh, I'm going to beat you up, and then hucked him into the crowd. He went away for fucking however long, and they were like, he's going to be out for seven to eight or nine months. And then he comes back literally the day of that he said that they were going to be out seven to eight to nine months. <laughs> Beats up Von Wagner. Two weeks later, nowhere. God. Nowhere. Don't know where he is. Granted, I don't give a shit, because he, he, he put his jacket on, spun around in a circle, created a portal, and disappeared. Went back to Japan. He'll be the next one on the next group of fucking releases. Don't be surprised. I think we've all pretty much debated. I don't think, I don't think we've all kind of locked in the fact that he might be, that he was next anyway. The only thing that'll keep him, like, from that list is if Vince McMahon gets a chuckle out of him. Which it wouldn't surprise me. <sighs> They'd be sticking him, the team with Tazawa, for the 24-7 shit. Vince ship. McMahon's probably out in the back fucking watching the shows whenever Ekerman's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. oh, look at the jackets, Bruce! Look at the jackets <laughs> this man is wearing! Uh, Bruce, Vince, even Bruce is back there, he's like, uh, Vince, I don't really, I don't really think this is all that funny, you know, <laughs> I, I don't, it, it's just, damn it, don't you, don't you go against my word. All oh, right, all right, sir, All right, funny. all right, oh, funny jackets, ha, 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 <laughs> wow, oh, boy, look at those jackets. Well, you got Kevin Dunn over on the side going, Um, sir, you know, um, those jackets really, um, would look really good on the main roster. You know, like, They would look, they, uh, 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 would look good on you too, Vince. Goddamn fucking beaver. Just fucking bad. Just, why do people even have to deal with Von Wagner? Why is Von Wagner a thing? I just don't understand. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna now... Lock in calling him Tarzan every time. Because legitimately, that's all this is. You said when we were watching this back, or like, we we, we began watching this around this time. When yeah. The day of. it was We watched like the first half day <laughs> of. Or like the last half, I should say, day of. Yeah. And then we had to go back and watch the rest yeah. of it as well. I remember you said that Von Wagner looks like a buck. Yeah. Does, doesn't he? And then I said Buck Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> well, now he's just fucking Tarzan. And I don't know if that's insulting to Tarzan. That or if that's insulting just, to Tarzan. Well, too bad it's what's happening now, because legitimately that's all I think of. That's insulting to Tarzan. That's insulting to Jane. That's, that's insulting, insulting to Disney. To Disney. That's <laughs> insulting to fucking Vines. That's, that's also insulting <laughs> to forests. That's, that's insulting, insulting to fucking... Leaves and branches and twigs and dirt and rocks. <laughs> it's insulting to Phil Collins, the guy who does the soundtrack. There. Yeah, insulting to him. <laughs> what the fuck? Insulting the little fucking doily fucking dresses that Tarzan wears. <laughs> so yeah, we get the whole freaking thing of Wesley getting launched, which doesn't make any fucking sense because I figured he'd have done that to Nathan Fraser. Because how dare he look at her? But apparently Wesley's the fucking main target, which doesn't make any sense either because is Wesley feuding with Zion Quinn? 
Is he feuding with Von Wagner? Is he still trying to figure out where his placement is? What are we doing with him? Here. And then later on as well, we get more with fucking Wesley. Yeah, this gets even fucking worse! It gets worse! Somehow. So, we get Tony D'Angelo backstage talking with his henchmen. We saw Santos Escobar walking through the backstage area with the rest of Legado del Fantasma. We went to a commercial. Here it comes right now. We come back from the commercial. Wesley and Nathan Fraser are walking through the backstage area, recovering from the Von Wagner beatdown. When all of a sudden, we see Sangha sitting down. Sangha says they were having a good match, and that was very unfair about what happened. Sangha mentions how two men of their size should be... Should, for, shouldn't, I don't know what the fuck he was even saying. He was like, confused as shit, have trouble with Wagner. Lee asks if Sangha is taking shots at them. Fraser ends up walking off as he wants nothing to do with what Lee's doing here. Lee says, Fraser may not care what Sangha says about him, but Lee won't stand for this disrespect. Sangha says he's not disrespecting. Lee says he hopes Sangha has that same energy when they're in the ring. Sangha asks Lee what he wants to prove. Lee says he wants to prove you don't have to be 10 foot tall to be successful. So now we went from Wesley feuding with Zion Quinn to Wesley feuding with Von Wagner to Wesley dealing with fucking Sangha. This whole thing, when I watched it back, I, I paid attention because I didn't pay attention to it the first time because I saw Sangha immediately just, <laughs> immediately just blinked out. Just of zoned out everywhere. Blinked out of consciousness because I saw Sangha. But I watched it back and I made sure to pay attention to what Sangha was saying. Wesley, first of all, straight up just says, keep that same energy when we're in the ring together. And Sangha goes, well, by the sounds of that, you want a match. Well, no fucking shit, Sangha! No fucking shit. Second of all, Sangha, oh my God. at the beginning of this... Sangha's got a fucking pea brain. Bro. At the beginning of this, Sangha, at least, when, the, when Sangha first starts talking, he at least sounds, like, sympathetic. He's like, oh, that, that's a real shame what happened out there. Two guys of your size doesn't really, really stand a chance against a guy like Von Wagner. He's speaking facts, right? And then Wesley gets butt hurt because uh, did you call me small? Wesley is on is like in his feelings right now because he's at the point where everything ticks him off. Sangha was literally showing sympathy <laughs> for you, and you're like, "Well, I can't believe you just called me small." That's Where's your manager? That's the. <laughs> He's not a Karen. He's not a Karen. Let God me speak damn. to him. Fucking Wesley, like I said, is in his. There feelings. was a tag on these pickles that said they were on sale for two fifty, <laughs> and on the receipt it said three seventy five. That's not a sale. That's a fucking ripoff. Almost four dollars for pickles. That's a problem. Damn. But like Wesley, right now is in I his feelings. I'm saying Wesley's a fucking Karen. That's fucking awful. 
So, like I said, Wesley's in his feelings right now because just, like, everything ticks him off. And that's his, like, why, like, why are we just bouncing him between people at this point? Why are him and Nathan Fraser not a tag team at this point? Like, what the fuck is happening here? Yeah. Like, they legitimately don't know what the fuck to do with Wesley. It's like, they, they want to have him deal with Zion Quinn, but Zion Quinn apparently can't fucking stay healthy, so it's like, throw Von Wagner in there, but that doesn't make any fucking sense why he went after Wesley, because should he be going after Nathan for looking at Sophia, because Tarzan. Tarzan woman, fucking... So, basically, this is, this is the bubble that we're in right now. So, it started with Ikem and Jiro feuding with Von Wagner. Jiro disappears, so Von Wagner feuds with Nathan Fraser. Nathan Fraser has a mass... Don't match wait, wait, don't forget also the whole thing of... Apparently, Ikem and Jiro disappears, but fucking Von Wagner gets suspended for a week. Yeah. For a week. Uh, Ikem and Jiro comes back, disappears. So that means that... Fucking Von Wagner's now feuding with Nathan Frazier. But Nathan Frazier had a match with Wes Lee. So now Von Wagner gets involved with that match, right? Instead of attacking Nathan Frazier, the guy he's feuding with, he attacks Wes Lee, who's feuding with Zion Quinn, who can't stay healthy apparently. So now he's feuding with Von Wagner as well. But also now he's feuding with Sanga. And so it's like this big old fucking diagram. That just makes no fucking sense. That no. includes like seven people involved in it. No, it doesn't make any fucking sense. None of it. I don't know what the fuck's going on here anymore. So the announcers hyped next week's episode, and then we moved on to the main event. We got Santos Escobar versus Tony D'Angelo. Now, from a from a standpoint, what did you think of this match? Um, it wasn't what I was expecting. Really? It wasn't as good as I as, as I expected, see, but it was still good. See, you want to know what's the weird thing? I wa- well, The night I watched it live, when I got done doing my Cruiserweight Classic with, like, review, like, re- like re-review with, with High Five Tom, which shout out to High Five Tom for letting me on do that, be a part of that with him. When I got done with that, I started watching the rest of the show, because I didn't watch it fully. And I watched the match, and I was kind of like dozing in and out because I was so fucking tired at the time. So I was kind of watching it, but it was like, for some reason, I wasn't fully into it watching it live. But when I rewatched the show, like after, I enjoyed the shit out of this. I don't know what it was. I enjoyed the fuck out of this match. There was something about this match that was fucking great. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It was still a great match, but it, it just. I don't think it, like, reached the expectations that I put inside of my head for this match. Oh, so you're saying pretty much in the I end... I feel like part of it... I feel like it happened too soon. That could be. It could be. Like, it, 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 I'm glad it's not, like... I'm glad they didn't blow the load on it, like, too much. Yeah. Like, so it was, like, the best match of the whole entire thing, so that way when it continues, the rest of it isn't going to be as good kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm glad this one was just great. So maybe the rest of it will be even better, like, going into it. So, because you know this isn't over at the end of this. Because especially after what happens, we get, at the ending of this match, Tony goes for the crowbar. He can't find the crowbar. 
suddenly Cruz and Joaquin are on the ramp holding the crowbar, taunting Tony like, you're looking for this? Suddenly, two dimes and stacks show up and beat up Cruz and, and Joaquin, which causes the ref to get distracted. Tony gets back in. We then see, as we see Santos reach under... Like under like the tar like under the canvas of the ring and pull out brass knucks to sucker punch Tony in the face and then get the win. Mm -hmm. Which again, I don't expect them to have clean matches. Not with this. Yeah. This is like gang warfare right now. Yeah. So I don't expect any fucking clean wins in this match. In this feud going forward. I don't. These two like I said, it's gang warfare. These fucking teams are going to use any tactic possible to freaking beat each other. And that's what I liked about it. And this whole thing, I thought this match was a great way to kick off, like, have the match portion of this feud. Mm -hmm. So, again, it, it came off better for me not half out of it like I was watching it live yeah. and re-watching it again and going, I love this match. This was great. So... Santos gets the win and the one-up on Tony right now. Again, I highly doubt that this is over. We're more than likely getting more. Eventually a six-man, maybe even an eight-man with the women involved. I don't know who's going to join Tony and the rest and his boys. But interested to see where this goes from here. And then, of course, as we talked about at the end, with Joe Gacy standing on top of the, of the building with his evil villain promo we just we got into that pretty much what we needed to and that was how the show went off the air so nxt as a whole solid yeah not the worst not the best solid mm -hmm. so so now that we wrap that up i would say we're about to we'll, like i said we'll take the break we'll come back and we'll do the other half for, for AEW right now so for now We'll wrap this one up. Follow us on Twitter at JustinTime211. At JeremyInTime721. And we are out of here for this part 